0: This is the Canon Crested Arsenal podcast. Hi, it's the, it's the night. It's the night after we just lost. Did we lose? Oh, goodness, it's a draw. I feel like I feel like we lost, and um, goodness, we we dropped points from two from two. Court uh, of I shouldn't be recording the podcast now, but I just wanted to get my thoughts in, in audio form. Sort of I can't I can't put myself together to write a blog and it's just tedious on Twitter to get your thoughts across, so I thought I'll just talk. Maybe that would be better. It's pretty much close to midnight to where I am right now, so <laughs> my voice is terrible as well, I'm sure. Goodness gracious, what did we just watch? It was it was really exhausting. It was, it was existing, and it's hard to think of that game and then remember that we actually led the game two goals in like nine minutes or I think 13 minutes or so. Coming from the fact that I recorded the podcast where I talked about how important it was for us now to take a lead and to take a lead early for us to score uh, that quickly in a game. just after I recorded that port, I felt I felt like like the boys had finally, finally um, gotten orders from the manager to push, to push, to push, and make sure we get something to get the crowd behind the team very early in the game. But unfortunately, like how we always collapse, we just find a way. We find a way to let the opposition back into the game. I don't even think the opposition works hard enough to come back. To come back into games against us, I think we find a way to let them come into the game, and that's what we did with the with the um, penalty. Uh, I think it was a penalty. A lot of people, like I was speaking to Mo Amali and Topiamo on Twitter, and they think it wasn't a penalty. I think it was a penalty, and I think. Um, Chambers left his leg there and he shouldn't have. I, I, I think he shouldn't have. It's fine if you think it's not a penalty as well. But my personal opinion, I think um, Zaha dived. But the fact that... Um, no, more like Zaha took advantage of the fact that uh, um, Chambers had put that leg out there. And he just shouldn't have, have done that. Anyways... It's two one. The game isn't dead. The game was just tumultuous, but I really don't want to talk about the game. I'm sure there'll be a lot of podcasts that will review that properly and better than I can anyway. Because pretty pretty sleepy right now after that game. I just want to talk about the whole um, events that surrounded the, the game itself because this just a lot to pick from that game you see when you're it's like it's like a melting pot that's what arsenal is right now arsenal is like a melting pot and you can feel it you can feel it from 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 twitter if you if you watch and you follow the game on twitter for some of us who don't live in london um the only way we can experience how everybody else um feels about arsenal at any point in time is from social media and, and many people say social media is not a good judge of what you of of how of what's going on really at the ground. But we could see today that it pretty much was a replica. What we saw on the ground was pretty much a replica of exactly what happens on social media. And I just felt um, maybe I could share my thoughts on on that. Uh, so just to start with the whole Zaka um, issue. Uh, I for some reason, I don't understand why we've always had drama with our captains at, at, at Arsenal. Okay, maybe not we've always had, but in, in we've always just had one story. with it. like. For, for instance, the Gallas incident. One of the most despicable times so for, for any captain of any football club, and especially Arsenal. I think at Arsenal, we place a lot of value on who the captain is. And we expect a certain level of um, decorum from them because Arsenal is still somewhat, even though that's, that's eroding a traditional um, club with, a, with his captaincy and the captaincy role at Arsenal is more than just a on the pitch role. So you, we had the issue with Galas which was just terrible. After that, we, we had the issue with uh, Per Metasaka, and Ozil. Who remembers that? Uh, I think it was at Man City away when Pear was saying Ozil didn't go to say goodbye to the fans or something. And he was on the pitch trying to address that issue. Um, in that instance, that was another captaincy um, conversation that, that raised the debate as well. We had the issue... Who remembers the issue we had with uh, Flamini? Um, the thing about the long sleeves I I can't remember who the captain was, but it was the captain decided that uh, the team was going to wear uh, short sleeves, or I think, or long sleeves. And then um, Flamini decided to take scissors and cut his sleeves or something, became another captaincy issue. And now we've had an instance with Xhaka, where Xhaka is the captain of Arsenal Football Club and he's telling the fans of Arsenal Football Club to fuck off. Really, you you can't. You can't, there's, there are no words to actually justify that kind of behavior. To be honest, there are no words. He's the captain of the club, he's the representative of the club. But, and and ultimately, he's, he's, he's the biggest connection, he's the connection between um, the players on the pitch. And the management of the of the of the club—that's uh, Raúl, uh, Edu, uh, Vinay, and and Una Emery, obviously he's that connection between the players and them, and he's also the connection between the fans directly to the players on the pitch. So he's he's, he's central. He's a central figure, and. Uh, <coughs> and for him to have behaved in that manner so when you're given the captaincy of a football club it comes with responsibility it comes with responsibility it comes with a mature head it comes with a mature mind and you have to be mature to own that to take that responsibility uneasy they say lies with the uneasy lies the head that wears the crown and um, there was there's absolutely no excuse for for what, what Jacka did this whole conversation would have been different if Shaka didn't react the way that he did. It would have turned completely to the fact that fans shouldn't have been bowing him. But now, because he's done what he's done, it has shifted from the fact that if you're an Arsenal fan in the ground, I don't think anything warrants booing an Arsenal player. Those 90 minutes, I believe, are sacrosanct in my opinion they're sacrosanct and again I'm a national fan who 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 uh, hasn't been to the ground or and, and so it's, it may, might be easier for me to just say hey you go to the ground support your club and everything because I haven't been there but I, I'm going to be there someday hopefully next year but I just watch from home and I've watched Arsenal for like 20 to 20 years right now and I think that when you're at that ground as a fan of the football club, your primary responsibility is to do everything to to help us now win. And football is an emotional sport, but it's just so. I think I think the booing culture is more accepted in um, in, in in America than it is in in England. You hardly see people boo their own players. It's it's somewhat disrespectful, and it's something that we do. We sort of do at Arsenal. We've, I remember we booed uh, Emmanuel boy but I remember we also booed uh, Iwobi. I think we booed Zaka last week when he was coming off at Sheffield, or the last game in he was coming out at Sheffield, and we booed him again today. And so it's it's pretty much. Uh, but again nothing justifies jack's behavior and he shouldn't have done what he did but obviously there it's it's something that you you would say has been it, it, it has been coming it has been coming and, and with with someone like Zaka, you would see that it was festering in his mind for a very long time, and today was the explosion of that of all that um, angst and all those anger that he has had in him against Arsenal fans, because this is a guy that has had to turn off um, that has had to turn off his his comments on Instagram because of the kind of abuse that he gets and his wife gets. This is a guy as well, who I remember very clearly, um, I think it was the last, the, the international break before the, the most recent one, where he granted an interview and he said he gets blamed for everything. So he pretty much um, think he has this mentality that he gets blamed for everything, that like he's the worst player on the pitch. He has that mentality that people blame him for everything, so he knows he, he he sees the comments, he reads the social media, he feels the fans on the pitch, so he knows that people blame him. He pretty much said that by himself at in an interview uh, as well. Um, and a perfect example was the game against Man United where uh, he was accused of docking, and there were people cutting social media videos to show that he was docking when that goal was called. when in reality he was actually going to nod the ball, but uh, Socrates deflected the ball off him those kind of things it sort of has gotten it's like it's like it's like a high blood pressure someone who's going going to get a stroke from high blood pressure it doesn't just happen you constantly have it in you and then one day it just comes out like a volcanic uh, eruption and that's what happened happened today so today was that day and, and it's funny because it happened on the day where i can't particularly said he say he did anything badly he wasn't great to be fair to Zaka, to actually, it happened on a day where he actually gave the assist for Socrates' goal. So, if you're looking at it from a statistical perspective, he contributed positively to the game because he gave an assist for the first goal. However, um, I think Zaka felt or feels that. He he's not appreciated by the Arsenal fans, and he gets um, disrespected a lot by them. He obviously knows as well that he wasn't there, he wasn't um, Arsenal fans' um, favorite pick for being captain. He wants to represent the club, but there's one place where I feel that Jacker thinks he has safety, and that is with Ona Emery. He's constantly being picked by Unai. so he feels that the the fans don't trust me. The players trust me and the manager trusts me. So he feels safe with Unai Emery because Unai Emery constantly picks him. And I think what happened to Zaka today was, for the first time, it's beginning to occur to him that he's losing faith or losing trust in the one place that he felt safe, which is with Unai. Because Unai subbed him in the last game. He didn't look particularly happy then as well, but he came off, and it has happened to him again. And I think it was around the sixty-second minute. I haven't checked, but it was around that period. So he feels the team is um, playing two-two or uh, a draw, and I want to contribute to help us sort this problem out. And I am the first person you are taking out of a game again. So I think for the first time, Zaka felt that he's beginning to lose trust from the one place where he thought he could find it the man who made him captain of the football club the man who constantly picks him the man who constantly defends him in the media and now he's beginning to get sobbed and he's wearing the captain's band and it came it came it came it came to a halt in his mind and it blew up in the reaction that we saw and that's what i think happened today Again, uneasy lies the head that wears the crown, and he shouldn't have done it. But I think that's what happened in, in, in his head today. But possibly in the next few days, we're going to see the fallout of this. What's going to happen? How the media is going to, how the, the club is going to um, address it, if they will, on if Jacka gets to start um, the next next game as well. So basically, that's that's addressing it from a a, a Granny perspective. I think, however, that Una Emre is wholly responsible for what we saw today. 100% responsible. 100% responsible for what we we saw um, play out on the pitch as a performance. 100% responsible for what we are seeing playing out in the ground as a reaction from the fans. 100% responsible for what happened to Granit Xhaka as well today. I think it lies with him. Because Una Emery has created an atmosphere where he he made choosing a captain of Arsenal Football Club a a dramatic uh, telenovela. The, what's that? Teller, novella kind of thing. He's made so much drama from the fact that we had to pick a captain, that the whole process of picking a captain became a comp. Media event where we are getting statements from players. We are we are getting um, different versions of the story of the captaincy. We we had the five cap. We have a captaincy captaincy group. First, the captaincy group was picked. Then the players had to then come and then vote captain. And then Holding is giving us statements about how that process went. The whole process of picking the captain. Was 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 completely unnecessary. when Emery had all through the summer to pick his captain, and he didn't do that. It was fair that he wanted to wait till the end of the transfer window. No problems. Pick a captain. The fact that he ended up picking, um, or the, or, or he, 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 I can't say he ended up picking, or the fact that the choice of the captain ended up being Zaka someone who his own players trust and the fans do not didn't win anybody to Unai's Unai's, um, side it would have been completely different if day one of the season Xhaka is captain we all moved on from the story but the story created the atmosphere that we saw on the ground today because there's so much animosity around the player Especially because Unai Emery is not someone who we kind of associate with having any emotional attachment to 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 a player to a player. He's not because he doesn't communicate very well in English. The fans are not really emotionally connected to him. This is a statement I made in the last podcast as well. So there's no emotional connection to, to the to the coach, and the fans only appraise him based on what he does and in his actions that he takes. Not what he says because you can't really interpret everything that he's saying. And I think he showed weakness by, by moving the responsibility from to pick a captain from himself to 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 the players. So you you you, you end up putting yourself in the position where um when you pick Granite Jaka, because most people think and, and rightly so if, if you ask me as well that he shouldn't he shouldn't be starting all the games that he's starting for Arsenal. you've created an atmosphere where people think you're picking him because he's the captain that you have got chosen to go with Rather than he being the best player to play for Arsenal at that point in time, so you're creating an you're creating an environment where um, you're 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 not picking players based on meritocracy anymore. That's the kind of environment you're creating in that Jackass position, especially. So I think I think that I think is wholly a, a, an issue with with, um, with uh Emery and uh, he, he's, his 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 um, decision to. To move forward in the manner that he has with the whole captaincy debate has created this So he has to own it. He has to address it. If there are punishments that Shaka has to face He has to address it. He has to make it public. He has to try to win the fans back to his side with whatever he does However, that is going to be extremely difficult because most people are already unhappy with him with respect to how he's handling Meso Ozil. So the Meso Ozil issue feeds off into this Xhaka issue as well because the fans want or maybe a lot of fans i think want Mr. Ozil to play. A lot of fans don't want Xhaka to play and Xhaka is the one who gets picked. Ozil is the one who doesn't get picked. So even, th- even though these two players are completely, they, they have completely different career paths in the club, there seems to be um, an um, animosity that is feeding off from, from the Ozil situation into hatred for Una Emery. And anybody who's, who Una Emery um, sort of uh, likes or prefers, the animosity seems to be going towards that person as well. So that's my own perception of the issue. And um, it's not—it's the, the the fact that the fans were singing the Ozil song at the time as well is just a statement to me mm-hmm. that people know that what he's doing to Mr. Ozil is not acceptable on on, on various levels. Some from a personal level, from a, a professional level, from from a career level. It's not—it's just bad treatment. However, he's not responsible alone um, for that. Raul, Raul obviously is the head of football development and ultimately uh, he's he's responsible for what happens um, from the footballing perspective of, of, of Arsenal. And the fact that Una Emre has come out clearly to say that the decision not to play Meso Ozil is something that was jointly taken with the hierarchy of the club has completely shifted. This conversation to Raul and Sandel um, table because um, we are seeing um, uh, a situation where we have we have tried Willock in that position unsuccessfully, we have tried bias in that position unsuccessfully, we have tried Torreira in that position unsuccessfully, we have played gonduzi in that position to a, some level of success I would say and all these points to the fact that meso ozil isn't playing so the problem in my perspective isn't the fact that meso ozil isn't actually playing is the fact that all the options that you have you have used to try to replace the talent that he has, has has not worked so it's not it's not about ozil it's basically the fact that what you're trying to do isn't working and you're discarding what you have so it's like the club is, is losing on a player that we're paying a huge amount to that can actually help the club because somebody in the club's hierarchy doesn't want him to play. So it sort of demeans Unai Emery as a coach as well mm-hmm. in my perspective where if the decision from, this is from the top hierarchy of the club and he's the head coach, he tells them, fuck off. I want to win games, and I will play anybody who's going to help me win a game. If Raúl and is responsible for the Ozo issue, then it's it is really, really um, disappointing because Raúl um, and his double speak has done nothing to help the situation. Two weeks ago, Raúl said uh, there was the issue with with Ozil's application in training. Last week, he said there's completely no issue with Ozil, and he's actually expecting Ozil. I'm hoping Ozil plays in the coming weeks, only for Um Um Una emery to then come out and say that the decision not to play Ozil was one that was taken with the club's hierarchy. So, the communication channels that the club is bringing out on this Ozil issue and the kind of communication that they are they're putting out for everybody to consume is creating an atmosphere that is eroding the values that are integral to what many of us love about arsenal football club and it's just really really disappointing i i don't have it again it's not an issue whether you're playing ozil or not as long as you can replace the quality that is needed in that team with respect to creating chances that Aboma like as I could feed on or can't feed on, it's fine. If you're not doing that and you're going in circles around different players, Willock wasn't in the team today. Willock has had two bad games because he's been played in a position where it, do, where it, does, it doesn't suit him. Sabayos so was played on the left of a 4-4-2 today. He looked bad. Is Sabayos that bad player or we are using him badly so we have played um, Saka in, the, in that same position as well this is Saka he's a 19 year old or an 18 year old we should be we should be protecting and we've played him in a 10 as a 10 we've played Torreira as a 10 we've gone all this length just because we don't want to play someone who obviously is talented to play in that position and play him back into the form for him, to, for him to help us, so it's really disappointing. Again, I just it's really really disappointing. I hope uh, all of this clears out soonest because it's it's disappointing that that this happens at, at Arsenal, and I really really hope on that Emery can bring back the connection that he should have with the fans because I don't think he's someone who actually he says it a lot about um, the fans can help us here, the fan can help us, he says it a lot. But if he wants the fans to help him, then he needs to communicate better with the fans. I'm not saying do what the fans expect you to do, that's not what I'm saying. He's the coach and he's ultimately responsible for whatever decision he takes. And he will live and die by his own decisions. But, however, if he wants to serve the fans on his side, then he's going to have to do a lot better than what he's currently doing at Arsenal football club so pretty much my thoughts on this whole situation and um, I really do hope that we get better because this is really getting exhausting I hope you have a good day whatever time you listen to this uh, I should be going to bed cheers and uh, up the arsenal
1: something I'm to see. Because- No, no, Africa great, but Africa my-